Kiddushin Nundal Adamudalev, Science versus Sense, Lon Nitna Torah Lemelachei Hasharet. Happy to have Oran with us. Oran is with us every morning in Toronto. But for Yom Tov, he's been with us every morning in, in Ranana. And his daughter is asking me about when will Halacha catch up with science? Are we going to use DNA testing to clarify issues of Mamzerut? At, at what point does Halacha say, We've got the scientific method methodology. We've talked about this kind of thing a few times. What are those boundary lines and what is it about? And we'll understand here that zero defect is not a requirement for halacha. You're not meant to know, you don't have to know something 100% in order for something to be halachically correct. And that the halacha is based on empirical knowledge. It's based on things you can see, that you can observe, that you can touch, that you can see. It's not based on information. So even if our information gives us 100% certainty about a situation, but our experience, our felt experience is different, we will go by our felt experience, not by the 100% clarity we've got from information. We need to understand, understand that. Of course, the issue itself is something that the Gedolei Aposkim have to deal with, and that's not the purpose of the shoe, but just to give us an angle, a, a, a window into halachic thinking, when one could go so much further in clarification than human experience. Today we have the instruments to go so much further to clarify issues than human experience. Questions of bugs on vegetables. We can see bugs that you can never see before. So now is that a problem? Now that you, now that you can see them with instruments, at what point do you say, this is how far Allah goes, and we don't have to concern ourselves with things that are knowable through so other sources of information, no matter how reliable those sources of information are. So we start with, with the Gemara, the, the Mishnah back on, on Daphnun Beis, Rabbi Meir said that if a person is Mekadish, a woman, with something that belongs to Hekdash, if he does it bemazed, the Kiddushin works. Because there's no Mila, a whole, a whole issue over there. But if he did it by mistake, he didn't realize this money was Hekdash. He gave her a gold ring. But he didn't realize the gold ring belonged to the Beis Hamikdash. Then the Kiddushin doesn't work. Says the Gemara on Adaf, Omer Rav, Chazano al Kolts Dadim Shurabi Meir. We've gone through everything Rabbi Meir ever said about Hektish. We've researched Rabbi Meir. Velo Matzino Hektish Beshogegein Mitchalel Bemezid Mitchalel. And we find no other instance where Rabbi Meir makes this difference between whether it was deliberate or it was by mistake. So this just is out of character. So what's our Mishnah talking about? We believe that Rabbi Meir holds that it's always mitchalel. It doesn't matter whether it's mezid or it's shoyeg. It's once the money is used for something of chol, it's used for secular purposes, even if it's, not, even if it's by mistake. That will still be out of hectares. The money is no longer hectares. So it should work to be mekadish the woman as well. Why doesn't it work to be mekadish the woman? Says Rav, it's talking about a very specific case of hectares. We're talking about kutnot kuhuna shelo balu. Kohen clothes, priestly clothes, the uniform of the Kohenim, that is still in good condition. And he used that for the Kiddushin. Hoil v'nitnu not behem, Because the clothes were given to the Kohenim to use as clothes. Now they're only allowed to use it during the time of the Avodah, but as Rashi explains, the, the Halacha understands they're not doing Avodah every second day on the temple, on the Beis HaMikdash. So if they're not doing the Avodah, if they're not doing a service, at that moment they're standing in their tunics. 
that's that's using it for regular purposes. It's not avoda. Don't expect them to dash into the change rooms and take it off, and then two minutes later to dash back into the change rooms and put it on. It's understood. They live in a normal life. As long as they're busy on the base amikdash, they're allowed to use the clothes as clothes. So clothes, the ketonot, kuhuna, shaloi, bolu, are a different category. Why? Gemara gives us a global principle in halacha. The Torah was not given to angels. If you're going to require him to use the clothing only for the avoider, and the moment the avoider is not, he's not actually doing avoider, he's going to take them off. And some of the Akronim explained, and how does he take them off? If he takes the one item off, now everything else becomes a problem because you, you've got to be wearing all the clothes together. How can you take them all off together? It, it doesn't work. It's just not human. Says the Gemara law, nitna Torah This is a principle in Alakha. The Torah was designed for ordinary little human beings like us, not for angels. And this idea is used in halacha in, in several cases, in many, many cases. The one, for example, is the Chochmah Sodom. The Chochmah Sodom is the Chayodim. The Chayodim was above from Danzig, the Rov in, in Vilna during the time of the Vilna Gon was there, and uh, he wrote the Chayodim on Orachayim and the Chochmah Sodom on the rest of Shulchanor. Two little volumes. I've got a pocket version of each of them, two little pocket versions. Until the Mishabura came along, that was the go-to Halacha Sefer. Even when I was a child, we learned Chayodim. We learned, we learned Chayodim and Chochmasodim. We didn't learn Mishnabur. Mishnabur has become very popular much, much later on. But if you want to know the halacha, the best thing is to start with Chayodim. Then you'll get the clear halacha as it is in a very brief and very clear way. And in the Chochmasodim, he writes, some people want to say that women are not reliable for checking vegetables because it takes a lot of effort and they, they, they look for shortcuts. The Chayodim didn't know the women, the, the women nowadays, the, the from women nowadays. <laughs> they didn't look for any shortcuts. This is such a funny piece of Chayodim. And it says, if a woman checked the vegetables, and then you find a bug in the, in the vegetables the size of a Chomet. A Chomet is a lizard. I mean, you're talking about a big little, it doesn't have to be a big lizard, but, but you're talking about something very visible. And you say, did you not see this? You've just, okay, you've put this on the table, you didn't see this cockroach in here? Then also then she can't be used as a mashdicho anymore. You can't use her, you can't eat salad in her home anymore. Now it becomes a problem. It's interesting, people are very mucked about the meat, and where did you get the meat from, and what heksher is the meat? The meat, the chances are, in Israel, no matter what heksher it is, the chances are, it's pretty kosher. But the salad is a problem. Is the salad okay? Because the salad could be doraisis. And if one were to find something of the size of a chomet afterwards, that would disqualify her from being a lettuce checker again, a salad checker. But if somebody finds little bugs after she's done a checking, that doesn't disqualify her. That's kind of normal. So you get rid of the bugs or whatever and you carry on eating. The Oruch HaShulchan says... They say nowadays, says the Orach HaShulchan, that there are powerful magnifying glasses and microscopes that if you look at vinegar, you'll see lots of bugs in the vinegar. That's how vinegar is. And he goes on to explain that that's nothing to worry about. We don't have to look at things through instruments. Because you, if you look at, at through powerful inst- instruments, you'll find that even in water or in fresh air, there are bugs. The Torah did not forbid anything that the physical eye can't see. You don't have to resort to, to instruments. 
Now, I'm not sure in halacha how the post can view the situation. What happens if somebody did look at it through a magnifying glass? What happens if somebody did look at it through a microscope? Do you now say, well, you shouldn't have. There was no reason to, but now that you have, we know. Is that called knowledge, or do we say no? That's not called a, a bug. A bug that you can only see through a magnifying glass is not a bug, which is the where I think halacha goes. And so you'll see, for example, now at Sukkot time, that before Sukkot, if you go to some places in Meisharim or in, uh, in Yerushalayim, in Bnei Brak, you'll see people checking the esrog with a magnifying glass to see if it has a spot. There's no reason to check it with a magnifying glass. You use your eye. You look at it with your eye. If you see a spot in, in a place where there shouldn't be a spot, then it's a problem. If you can't see, you don't pull out a magnifying glass. The law need not Torah because the Torah was not given to angels. Same kind of principle we have in the Aruch HaShulchan. There's an amazing Gemara in, in Nida. We'll get to it eventually. The last Masechna and Daf Chaf. We're talking about poskim who are looking at menstrual blood because the color is very, very important, exactly what color it is, to determine whether there's a situation of Tumah or she's Tahara, is she impure or she's pure. And there was a case of a woman that came before Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Ami was sitting there and Rabbi Elazar said, looked at the blood and he said, no, this is not menstrual blood. This is blood that can be triggered in a woman through, an emo- through emotional excitement. If you, if you become sexually aroused, that can, there can be a drop of blood. That's what this blood is. It's not menstrual blood. Afterwards, Rabbi Ami, the Talmud, ran after this woman. He was so intrigued. And he says, does it make any sense to you what the Rebbe just said? She says, yes. My husband was traveling and I was thinking about him and I was missing him. And, and yes, so that makes absolute sense. Kari so Rabbi Ami said about Rabbi Loza, Soyed Hashem Lireyov. That's the key. Halacha is not just a function of physical facts and, and intellectual analysis. Halacha, psak halacha, I'm not talking about determining what the halacha should be. That we spoke about when the Rav Kuk and Ein Haya spoke about the two approaches, the Abai and the Rova, and that the straight, calculated approach is closer to halacha. But when it comes to applying halacha, what does this person do in this situation? That's about humans. That's not what Moshe Feinstein said to me. Halacha is, a, is not about clarifying the din. Halacha is about applying a perfect system of law to an imperfect situation in a human being's life. And you're dealing with it. You're solving a human problem. A posek is solving a human problem, not a halachic problem. And he said to me, don't ever look at a shaila as a halachic problem. A shaila is a human problem. And you've got, and the human problem has been created by halacha. Now you, as the poisek, have to work out how to solve the human problem that was created by halacha, and that—that's his approach. Because Sayyid Hashem Lireov, David Amelech says in Tehillim, the secrets of Hashem He gives to those who fear Him. Part of Psak is Yiroshomayim. Psak is not just what you know. Psak is not just what ChatGPT tells you. Psak is the Yirat Shamayim, the God-fearingness of the, of the Pesach. Uvritol Ahodiyam says the Metsudas Lirav, Megaleh Lirav, the Rebbe Nishom, reveals answers to those who fear Him. You have a relationship with Hashem. A Pesach is an expression of Hashem's will. And Hashem communicates to Him. How? Through the Torah, says the Metsudas Uvritol, HaTorah HaNetunai Bivit Yegaleh Lahem Lodiyam. Through the Torah, He gets an intuitive insight. But it's through the learning. He doesn't just sit there and meditate. It's through applying both right and left brain to the, to the Gemara, to the Torah, to the Shulchan Aruch. He gets an insight, which is Seyed Hashem. Then the Gemara goes that Afra Hurmez, uh, Ofra, you see it, David? Yeah, you can tell off. There's a Gemara here about Ofra Hurmez, was a very beautiful woman. She wasn't Jewish. 
but she was thinking of becoming Jewish, and she was keeping Taras and Mishpocha, practicing keeping Taras and Mishpocha. And she sent to Rova the blood to have a look at. Rova smelt it and said, this is also, he said, this is not, this is not menstrual blood, this is different blood, caused by an emotional thing. And she says to her son, Look how brilliant the Jews are. Omar her son said to her, Maybe it was just a stroke of luck. He happened to get it right. This might just be a blind person who's groping around and finds a window and gets out, not because he could see. So there was a case where she sent him 60 examples of blood and all of them he passed incorrectly, except one he didn't know. And that last one was Damkinim. It was actually the blood of a, of a louse that had been squashed and there was blood on the clothing and he wasn't sure what that blood was. It so happens he sent her a gift and it was a comb and it so happens this comb is something women use to get rid of lice. He didn't even know that. He just thought it's a pretty comb and he thought this woman would appreciate it and he, and he sent it to her. Amra Yehudoi Yatvi The Jews live in the inner recesses of the heart. And it's interesting, Rashi explains it that way, but the Bach brings a Tosvis in Avodah Zorah that, that what it means is Uvnata Deliba, that means The accuracy with which you see depends on the depth with which you understand. And what an unbelievable statement of Tosvis. What is it to go through your life when you could have heard this Tosvis and you didn't? That the accuracy of sight is a function of clarity of depth of understanding. It affects you how you see the world. And it affects how you pass in the Shaila. And the Gemara goes on with the principle of Dayan There was a case over there where Rebbe was looking at blood and he passed one way at night and then he looked at it in sunlight and he changed his mind and then he looked at it later on and he changed his mind. And the Gemara says, it's at the time that the Dayan looks at it. Yes, the, the, the color of blood can change. The Dayan passed at the time he's brought the Shaila. What, what's in front of him? He's got a, it's not a question of, yes, but if you would look at it later on, you would discover that in reality you were wrong. No, in reality, for Halakha, I was right. Because Hashem revealed to me what I needed to know at that time and what I needed to tell that woman at that time. This is not just about fact. That's what's so important to understand about Halakha. It's not about fact. It's about the Rebbeinu Shalom's view of the world communicating through Torah and through the mind and heart and mouth of the Pesach. That's what it is. How Hashem is seeing the world. It's not about objective reality. It's at that moment. What does Hashem want you to say? And the Torah Sabaisis is that Ashpoh says when it comes to questions of Bittul, the first Sha'ar of, of the fourth bias of the, of the Torah Sabaisis is all about the laws of Bittul. When you've got kosher and Trev mixed up together and how you resolve it. And he says, Kol l'chol Any taste that a normal taster can't taste Ain't no time, isn't a taste. So you've put milk into the meat, but nobody can taste the milk. The milk. We, don't, we don't work that way. We work with numbers now, but, but in principle, ain't no time, ain't kosher shin look. And the woman says, but I know there's milk in this meat. I put the milk in the meat. We say, but it's okay, it's kosher. The meat and the milk together is kosher because it, it can't be tasted. There's no empirical evidence of it. We can't, we can't feel it. We can't experience it. And halakha is about the felt experience. Halakha is not about informational knowledge. And then there's a magnificent Shulchan Harav in the beginning of Hilchah Shechita, where the Shulchan Harav goes through the role of Yerushalayim in checking a knife for a shochet. And some of you will have heard me tell the story when I was learning Hilchah uh, Shechita, and I was learning a Meir Shorim with the Meir Brandsdorfer, who was the 
the expert, both Taras and Mishpocha, I learned with him, he was the expert in Taras and Mishpocha, and he was the expert in, in Shechitas Ophis, and chicken, and the Shechita of chickens, and, and Trophis of chickens, and Rameir Soloveitchik sent me to learn with him. And he took me to a Shechit in Meir Shorim to show me how to check a knife. And he's learning and he's training me. Eventually he says, check the knife, I check the knife. I say, it's great, beautiful. He says, it isn't, just check it again. So I said, no, it's perfect. And I thought I had quite a good feel. And he said, I'm telling you it isn't perfect. I'm telling you it's not okay. Can you tell me where the problem is? I check it again. I say, you're wrong. There is nothing wrong with this knife. He says, okay, come outside. Takes me outside and he shows me all the Hasidish Yidin walking up and down with Chav Me'asharim. He says, these are my customers. These are the people who eat my meat. You're off, you've got smicha already. Here's the knife. If you hand the knife back to me, I shech, they eat. Now check the knife again. And oh my goodness, <laughs> it was so obvious. So why couldn't you see it before? That's because Havanat Halev, when you understand the consequence of what you're seeing, you see things you didn't see before. And that's this whole piece of Shulchan Aruch Harav of the Balatanya. The importance of Yerushamayim in Psach Halacha, the importance of Yerushamayim in Shechita, in Bidikat Sakin. If it was just about empirical knowledge, who cares about Yerushamayim? Put it through a computer and let it check the knife. That's, that wouldn't be valid. This is about the Yerushamayim. This is about the way you feel, the way you intuit, the way you understand the Halacha, not just what you see. And he goes into the whole thing. If somebody did check a knife properly, the Chuvus Bez Yaakov, he brings, says, if somebody checked a knife, and later on everybody says the knife's no good, you don't have to worry because it was a good shechet, a Yerushamayim, and he checked, he did his thing, and everything's fine. And the Shulchan Harav brings from the Tua show that that doesn't work if everybody says it's no good. What, what, if somebody's shechting, and there are, other, there are other people, there are bonim there, there are other shochtim. They all check the knife. It all seems fine to everybody there. They're all good. Yorei Shemaim. They're good people. And one from a guy looks at the knife and he says, I found a problem with the knife. Nobody else did. He, one person found. That you can ignore. Because every, the, the procedure was followed correctly. The shochtim checked the knife correctly. Most people saw it that way. You don't then have to worry about it. Because one of the forgotten principles of Psach Halacha is Sod Hashem Lireyav Uvritol Lohodiyam. When a Talmud Chochem gives an opinion, whether it's opinion on a life issue, or it's a psakin halacha, or it's a piece of advice, if that opinion comes from an application of Torah, if he's thought about it, and he's got Havanat Halev, and he's got the Yerushamayim, for Hashem to be able to be Megaleh to him, to be Megaleh Lireyav, Ulohodiyam, if he's that kind of a person, then what he's saying becomes valid. It doesn't matter what the facts are. What's important is what Hashem is telling you at that particular time, and that's what Hashem is telling us, and that's how we live. We live according to the, the Soyed Hashem Lireyov. We don't live according to scientific information. We live according to the way we experience truth and reality according to the Torah. <laughs>